You're listening to DraftKings Network. Welcome, friends, to the Mystery Crate. I'm Billy Gill. That's is Chris this your Cody NPR laughing. Voice? I don't know what this is. That's Chris Whittingham. Roy Bellamy is here too. Sound so, like Jim Nance order. I wish. That, that's what Jim. I. That's why I giggled. That. That's what I. I heard Jim Nance as well. Jim Nance would have no time to talk to me. Like I don't think that Jim Nance would ever. I'm just too dumb for Jim Nance. If we're gonna cut right to it, like he would. What are we gonna talk about? So Dan had a series on South Beach Sessions where he was talking to our new CEO John Skipper, and some things appeared to be left unasked there it is so our intrepid reporter i'm just gonna say it there were some too too many softballs in that dan interview with skipper mm-hmm. well there you go straight from chris cody chris cody got to sit down with john skipper to kind of fill in the gaps and ask the questions that dan didn't want to ask i think it's fair to say i don't even know how to explain what happened with me and john skipper i mean a friendship was born i was terrified i kind of blacked out through the whole thing so i don't really remember it um, but I think it went well. I still have a job. So uh, a budding friendship is what you're about to hear. But Chris, when you say that there were too many softballs and then you say a friendship was born, I don't think hard-hitting journalism generally ends in friendship. See, Chris, <laughs> Chris, <laughs> you ever heard of Bob Costas? You ever heard of Jim Gray? I mean, these guys are men that you talk to them and you think you're best friends with them, and all of a sudden, wow, they just did journalism on me, and I didn't even see it because we're on mm-hmm. a vacation, and yet I just told them something. Just don't. I have a process here, and me and John Skipper, I took him to the woodworks. Is that did I, did I use I that right? You, I woodshed. Not, not I think you take someone to that the woodshed. Correct. Yeah. What about works? There's something like I, you also take someone somewhere where it's vision works. works. You take him there to get his glasses. <laughs> no. I think I think you, you gave him the work. I think is an expression. There you I go. Think. I, I was trying to find it, and I think you we gave got him there. the business. Whoa, yes. baby! Mm. Well, I don't fine. Think that's sexual. I don't think that's <laughs> sexual at all. I, I think it is. Well, only Chris and John Skipper were involved in this, so we don't really know. I guess find out with the audience how hard hitting this interview was. What kind of different questions than the one that because Dan, you know, would ask about you know journalism backgrounds and the kind of writing that they worked on together at ESPN the magazine and the big projects that he was most proud of at ESPN but Chris Chris has a much different tact I would imagine how'd you prep for this Chris like this is a good get um you know I listened to the way too long uh Dan interview with John Skipper I mean geez I mean cut trim the fat a little bit next time Woody I mean uh okay wow coming at me jeez Louise Coming out, Woodward, fault, coming out of Woodward, apparently. Coming out of Woodward, by the way, is the yeah. thing. I, I basically, I, I wanted to get to, you know, I wanted to talk about his time at ESPN. I wanted to talk about the future with Metal Arc and everything in between. You know, I don't, there's no stone left unturned. Did I get that phrase right? I think I nailed that one. You did. Yeah, yes, yes you did. Yes, you, you did. did. Congratulations. Congratulations on that. Chris, before you did this interview, did you realize the significance of it? I mean, there are many, many sports media reporters that would love to have the kind of audience that you have with John Skipper to ask him the kinds of questions that you had the opportunity. Did you feel the significance in the, I mean, Dan has often referred to him as the most powerful man in sports. Did you feel that aura when you were interviewing John? <laughs> uh, Skip, as, as I like to call him. Um, yes, I did. And it was one of those things that I went from oh. ultra confident to, you know, fe- I could, that man, he's good looking and he's charming. There, I said it. 
I mean, he, he he's he's witty. He's every he's all the things that I'm not. So I I I, I would. Well, you don't have to stop talking. I would argue <laughs> that kind of have to actually. When kinda this interview when this interview was going on, you were the most powerful person in sports, Chris Cody, because you were the one kind of deciding where we were gonna go with this conversation. And if you're talking to the most powerful person in sports and you're kind of leading, then you're the most powerful person in sports. Let's all just for a moment realize and I guess appreciate the fact that within the span of a year Mm -hmm. Chris Cody has landed two of the most exclusive interviews that he could get that no one else could get John Skipper and a very brief conversation with Tom Brady Mm -hmm. right after Mm. he signed with the Bucks Mm. and I got fired and I got fired what a year okay all right well, that went nowhere. <laughs> Should we listen to your interview with John Skipper, Chris? Let's get to it because we—I feel like we've beat around the bush. Did I use that one right? Uh, yes, yes, you did. I didn't realize it's going to become like a cliche test. I need to get like an anthology out or something like that, just so I can understand you. A clest. Yeah, let's get to it. Enough of this. The party's about to start. It's party time. I was just trying to come up with a cliche there, and that wasn't uh, a cliche. Yeah, party not... time is not a cliche. No. Just do it. Let's get to it. Skip and Chris Cody coming at you. Why did I say it like that? Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Well, Skip, thank you for joining me today. Uh, it's Thank you for agreeing to talk to me. I've never, I can feel how important you are through this Zoom. I don't know if you get that a lot. Uh, well, there actually is an enhancement you can buy on Zoom, which makes you look more important. It's pretty hard to define. You can't tell why, but it suffuses you with an aura of power. It uh, You can cut it on and off. I've cut it on for you because I feel as a new colleague, it's most important that I, that I have you feel that. So, uh, And it's working. And uh, now people who know both of us, uh, Skip, have told me that we'd be friends. Uh, I, I'm happy to hear that. Uh, are they friends of mine? Who've told you that or friends of yours who trying to make you feel good? Just, you know, mutual acquaintances. No big deal. We don't have to we don't have to get bogged down. Um, r- remember when you ran ESPN? You know, I, 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 I yes, <laughs> it's the short answer. I, I do have some memories of it. Uh, so but let me know where you're going with that. So, yes, I do remember. I appreciate it. You look it up. Are you telling me that you could just call Chris Berman right now? I think if I call Chris Berman now, who uh, he and I always had a friendly relation, I believe that Chris Berman would uh, would call me back. He might not pick up, but he would call me back. Uh, and I'm very fond of Chris Berman. He uh, a guy, and I, I know this. We, we don't. We're not going to go on and on, but a guy who, in some ways, didn't get credit for just how innovative he was. Mm-hmm. What was your favorite food at the calf in the ESPN? um well you know usually at the cafeteria i was looking to get something quickly so i am embarrassed to say i ate a lot of pizza slices at the cafeteria uh and tough for me to go in the cafeteria 
one of the phenomenons that happens, uh, and it's the position, it's not the individual. So you name anybody. Uh, if you're a president, Chris Cote of ESPN tomorrow, if you go down to the cafeteria, everybody knows who you are. Yeah. And, and everybody wants to say hello. So it's actually a little hard to go down to the cast and get a slice of pizza. So I must confess to sometimes hiring somebody uh, walking down the street in Bristol to go, go get me a slice of pizza real quick. I once saw Steve Levy at the calf. Well, that, that's a sighting. Uh, that right there is a sighting, uh, Steve Levy. I saw Steve Levy in the Monday night football booth uh, this year watching uh, once or twice and another, another lovely, lovely guy. So, and I'm not move, I'm going to move off of ESPN. I can tell, you know, I'm, I'm bringing the hard hitting stuff. So I want to, you know, be easy on here while you were at ESPN. They're not paying me anymore either. So that's true. So, you know, I, I don't really see the need to do any free, uh, free commentary for them. Last one. How often while you were at ESPN, would you be watching TV, see someone you didn't like on TV and just make a call? And that person never was on ESPN again. Well, uh, about once a week, but you never noticed. Nobody ever knew. Nobody ever noticed. There was a secret phone and a secret code. So if you subpoenaed me, you couldn't find out. I got a hit off of former Major League pitcher Matt Latos in okay. high school. Uh, that's it. There's no question. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Uh, and uh, was it a single, double, triple home run? It was a single. It was a single in a playoff game, actually. No big deal. No error involved in this. No. Legitimate. You got to first base before the ball hit the first baseman's mitt. Exactly. Okay. You know, uh, I, I'll, I'll talk to Dan after this about how much money you're making. Because I don't know whether your salary reflects that hit or not. How sold are we on this metal arc name? I, uh, we're, we're done. We're sold. You got a better name. Uh, it's too late for my pitches. Uh, what yeah. The name could be. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, okay. When we get ready to start up a new company, uh, you'll be the sixth or seventh person I call. Okay. Now as one of the founding members of metal arc, how long is it going to be until we get rich? Um, I'd say you have children. Yes. One daughter, three years old. Okay, good, good. I, I think your chances of being able to afford to send her to college are excellent. Okay, solid. I'll tell my wife. Um, what's the vending machine situation going to be like at Metal Arc? Well, now there, you know, you asked me about the name, name, done and done. Vending machine? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm wide open. Uh, give me some suggestions. What do you want to see? Uh, you know. Just the classics, you know, like the Doritos. I like, I'm a chip guy, a good chip variety, some chariety. Yeah. Doritos is good food for somebody on the radio because, yeah, you know, you get to eat Doritos and your fingers are orange and your tongue is orange. Uh, now, mm -hmm. you've got a good beard for Doritos, by the way. I do. I think you could hide some dust in there. I am currently, actually. Okay. Okay. So, Doritos, Doritos it is. Done, Rito. <laughs> that's my thing actually now we're best friends i'm a big i like to combine you, words, you know two words and your friends who i think were just saying that to make you feel good we're right we're you and i are gonna be you know second level second level kind of friends i see a vacation together in our future ah excellent where where are we going wait wait where are we going and does your wife know about this uh <laughs> uh, all i see is a bad 
is a bad movie with uh, Vince mm -hmm. Vaughn and one of the Wilson brothers and you and me. Is there any part of you nervous partnering with a man who still dresses like a skateboarder? <laughs> I do. Uh, you know, I do love Dan's brother, Lebo. And uh, if Lebo had a merchandise calendar, I, I, I would potentially hire a different model. But Dan, Dan, you know, he looks excellent in everything he wears. He's, he looks excellent in everything he eats. Yeah, he does. Um, are you worried about his weight? No, I, I'm not worried about uh, Dan's weight. He, he, he's one of those guys who looks good big. Good. He's a handsome man. And I see, I see women's heads turn as Dan walks down. I think mostly they're impressed by the massive calves. The man has got calves. The Mavs. And as a man with twigs from the knee to the ankle, you know, if Dan and I could get together and redistribute his calves, we'd both have good legs. Yeah. People criticize my shoulder because I'm a broad guy and I have like a little bit of a gut, but people say I have dainty shoulders. You know, I don't know about that. You know, hold them up. Get them up. Get them up. I know. Get I, need them up. To, I need to have better posture. Now, by the way, hey, you, you've met in your new colleague here with me. You've met a man who you can out shoulder. Okay. Nobody ever accused me of having broad shoulders. And you've gone far with your shoulders, so there's hope for me. Yeah. Um, now, it probably costs a lot of money to start a company, huh? Uh, I, uh, can we get back to what you were making before I answer that question? <laughs> Are you guys still looking for investors? I'm an investor in GameStop. Uh, I'm not going to give you any advice there. And, and uh, I think we'll keep this a one-way transaction. We'll pay you to do what you do so well, and we'll, we'll figure out how to get the money. Now, Dan has said that me getting laid off from ESPN was one of the last straws and kind of set the wheels in motion for this whole thing. Um, I don't really have a question here. I just kind of wanted to say you're welcome. Well, thank you. Uh, I, 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 think, I think you're wise not to have a question here, and I'm wise not to have an answer here. Did you ever meet Mike Greenberg? Uh, did I meet Mike Greenberg? I met Mike Greenberg every morning on television. I saw Mike Greenberg quite often. Mike lived in Westport. I lived in Wilton for a little while. We had dinner a few times. Uh, uh, another very, very pleasant guy. I'm very fond of Mike. Now, I know that uh, we're early on in the Metal Arc world, so like not all the you know sectors of the company have maybe have been set up yet. But um, do I have to keep taking off my shirt when Dan tells me to? Oh, I think that's in Dan's contract. That's in the general partner agreement. There's some other things in there you, you may not yet know you have to do, but we'll get that over to you in a memo shortly here. And Dan was pretty, pretty adamant that these things were going to have to happen or he was not going to do this. So I am a little sorry he's not letting you know, because some of the things are, are going to be a little bit embarrassing, and we might want to figure out how to do these on days when your wife is is not not watching the radio show. I realize that's uh, an oxymoron of sorts or just moronic. When do I uh, get my company credit card? Uh, again, uh, your daughter's three years old. I, I think you're probably going to want to write a check, right? When she goes to right. college, you probably want to write a check. You want to you want to buy a sandwich? Let me know. I'm going to slip you a 20. I think that's the kind of the best way for us to go here. We're going to get you an American distress card. And, and, and it only works if you really, really, if it was the only way for you to get a sandwich, you could use it. But that's it. Look at us, Skip. Who would have thought? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Huh? Look at us. Yeah. 
Who would have thought? Just a couple of guys cutting it up, huh? Who would have thought? Skip A and Cote. That's right. Do you pee in pools? Uh, oh yeah. I, I, do you know anybody? I, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you be suspicious of someone who didn't pee in pools? I mean, you need to go. There's ten thousand gallons of liquid. Have you ever been caught? Can you get caught? Other than confessing, Skip, I'm a beast at it. I, I start swimming around. Anytime you see me take a unnecessary lap to the deep end, you know what I'm doing. But, you know, it would never occur to me. I pretty much thought it was just me. And uh, you know, as long as you drink a lot of water, and consequently your stream is is pretty clear, you, you're not at really at great risk. I realize that's slightly more than you expected to get from the president, chairman of the company on that particular subject. But, you know, I got a lot of experience. Look, look, you, you do the show across the street from the Atlantic Ocean. One of the bits on the show is anytime I do something stupid, Dan's like walk into the ocean. So sometimes if I got to go pee, I'll just do something stupid. And it's, you know, a win-win. It's a win-win. You, uh, you know, it's an elimination tournament. Have you seen the Google campus? Have you ever been on it or seen it? I, I have, in fact, been on the Google campus. It is quite impressive. Because our studios seem a little small. You know, it, it's it's like, you ever see that movie uh, Spinal Tap? Mm-hmm. The studio there is kind of like the version of Stonehenge in Spinal Tap. Okay. Yeah. I know exactly what you're doing. Right? About. Yeah. Speaking of Google, Google.com says that in 2019, the failure rate for startups was around 90%. My research concludes that 21.5% of startups fail in the first year, 30% in the second year, 50% in the fifth year, 70% in the 10th year. So you see where I'm going with this. So can we just not call this a startup? It's called Metal Arc. It's not called a startup. So I, I, I think your risk of, uh, risk of failure here is lower than average. Now, you don't strike me as a cat guy. Well, it's interesting. If you'd asked me if I was a cat or a dog guy, I had dogs as a kid. Dogs I loved. I had a beagle called Sugar, um, which, of course, where I grew up was pronounced Sugar. And, um, but as an adult, I did find that there's a big difference. You can be a cat guy if your cats never come in the house. Cats that live outdoors are closer to dogs, right? They're just different. And by the way, the problem with the cat inside is it ignores you and you know it's ignoring you. You put the cat outside, you don't even know it's ignoring you. You don't even know what it's doing. And by the way, I'm, I'm not actually I'm having fun, but I did for a long time have three outdoor cats up in Connecticut. And uh, an outdoor cat is a very different animal than an indoor cat. Cats are perfect. Well, you're doggone right. <laughs> you're good. You're good. Um, when you left ESPN, did you get a lifetime supply of Disney theme park passes? Um, I did not, though I do believe that a pass uh, to the Walt Disney theme parks is always available, and uh, I'm prepared to pay my way. Uh, they, they were good enough to me that if I need to pay my way in, I will. Can we call the most famous person in your phone right now? No, we cannot. We just can't. If you had to impress me, if you had to impress me with somebody that you could text and you would get a response back, who's the person that you could text that would respond back? You, to you? you know, it's funny. One of the very few things I would uh, 
uh, I have kids. I have two beautiful boys. They're 35 and 31. They will always be boys to me because that's just the way it works. Uh, and the one thing that frustrated them is I told them they could not ask for autographs or for selfies with prominent people. I just, mm -hmm. uh, it, we're ha for the most part, we're having fun, but uh, I've just felt like one of the things that's hardest for prominent people is the intrusion into their ordinary lives. So, mm -hmm. so no, I don't call, I don't text, I don't interfere in anybody's life. On the other <laughs> hand, I never, I just feel like I'm in the presence of another person, right? right. Uh, so, so, so no, I'm not going to do that for you. I'll get you 20 more bucks for out of the American distress card instead of calling a prominent person. But if you were gonna, who would it be? Um, uh, I, I, you know, if you, if you ask me one more time, I'm gonna call Vladimir Putin. All right. Now let's, let's, let's try to make some headlines here. You know, any good podcast, we want to make some headlines here. Who's the biggest asshole in sports? <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I haven't actually had, the occasion to examine anyone's. So I think, is that what you asked me, who has the biggest in sports? I just don't know. Look, you know, sports writers get to go into locker rooms. And, and for me, I always tried to stay frontal. Always tried to stay frontal. So I don't know. That's heady play. Pardon? Um, heady play, yeah. How close were we to getting uh, Peyton Manning in the Monday Night Booth? Um, I think that he was in the vicinity of the Monday night booth a few times about, gee, the booth is generally up, you know, pretty far, pretty high. So I would say what, uh, hundred, 120 yards from the booth. He was uh, on a number of Monday nights. That's about the closest he ever got. So we're talking literal. Okay. I'm doing the best I can, Chris, you know, I don't make my living doing this. So, you know, you're talking about Peyton Manning in the booth. I don't know. You and me uh, get out, take some passes from Peyton Manning. I I'll take my chances. I might catch as many as you. Speaking of quarterbacks, I've spoken to Tom Brady. Have you? Um, uh, I believe I have been in the same room and I've spoken to Tom Brady. He's not somebody that I've uh, ever had the chance to get to know very well. No. I did one time. So as a kid, my favorite quarterback was Johnny Unitas. Uh, that'll date me a little bit. I did once – not long before he died, have lunch with Johnny Unitas. And the thing I remember, and it's not very funny, this is more of an anecdote, was the size of Johnny Unitas's hands. They were enormous and they were extraordinarily gnarled. They looked like the branches uh, of an old, old tree. I mean, there were 10 fingers and you counted the 16 directions of the compass. They went in at least... 12 different directions. And I realize that's more than he had fingers. So some of them were going two different ways. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. Back to ESPN real fast. Did you ever walk down that hallway near the calf with all the colleges and press your fight song? Yes, I, I did press my fight song. I'm a University of North Carolina Tar Heel. And I'm a Tar Heel born and a Tar Heel bred. And when I die, I'm a Tar Heel dead. Rock, rock, Carolina, Lana. Rock, rock, Carolina, Lana. Go to hell, Duke. I mean, that basketball team a little, uh, you know, overrated last few years, I feel like. Um, this has been a difficult uh, couple of seasons for basketball. And, um, you know, among the, the funny ironies of last year was uh, there was no basketball tournament. 
it's not that funny. I, I don't, you know, I like having fun with almost anything, but I like being a little bit sensitive to that's difficult for a lot of people, but there is no record of Carolina not going to the basketball tournament because there was no basketball tournament. That's true. I have friends from Virginia who now think that they've been champions for two years. <laughs> Skip, are you a cone or a cup of ice cream kind of guy? Oh, I'm a, I'm, I'm a cup guy. I'm a cup and spoon guy. I don't want to mess with the one. I don't want to mess with that. I don't want to mess with that dripping off of the, off of the cone. Uh, Cause I'm a slow eater. A sleeter. And two, I don't like that sugar wafer thing. Uh, uh, just not my thing. I just, I eat the cup. Uh, I'm, I'm a cup guy, but I eat the cup. Uh, <laughs> I have to say, this is the first thing you've said that I'm just a little offended by. I have to say, I mean, cone is just the way to go. I'm not going to accept this answer for you, but you're my boss. So I, I I'm going to be respectful. I'm, I'm going to put, I'm going to put uh, a vending machine in uh, with ice cream cones for you. I must say, in researching this, you know, I wanted to be prepared for this, like any good journalist. Uh, your your resume is pretty impressive. Well, yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, uh, that doesn't sound like there's a question there. And by the way, I don't know how you'd seen a resume. I, it's been a long time since I ever uh, did a resume, uh, right? And for some reason now, people don't call them resumes. They call them CVs, which is curriculum vitae, which is uh, Latin. And it's possible that the Latins pronounce V's as W, so it may actually be a curriculum we tie. This has been delightful, Skip. I feel like we're close. Like I said, a vacation definitely in our future, if my wife's cool with it. Uh, I, I, I thought maybe that, that this interlude we've had here, this interchange, might have actually served as the vacation. And we, we may not actually have to go away together. But, you, but let me know what you think after you talk to your wife. That's unfortunate. Um, in closing, though, after years of anarchy and ugliness and discord washed upon our shores, what song will we, the Meadowlark of the New Dawn, be singing? I don't know. I, I don't, it, it's the age of Aquarius, I guess. It is the dawning of the age of Aquarius. I'm not sure what that means. Not sure why. Me neither, but it sounds great. I can't sing, by the way. If, if there were ever choral exercises in school, there was always a person, usually a guy, who was told, just lip sync. Just lip sync. That was me. Skip, this has been delightful. Uh, I'm going to text you later. Maybe we'll have a, just a, an off-the-record oh. phone call because I feel like we hit it off. I, I, I look forward to it. And if I, if I don't pick up, I'll, I'll call you back. So don't worry. You promise? Cote. Touche Cote. Thank you so much. All right. Love you. Bye-bye. See you. Did he say he loves you? I mean, it's one of those things I had to listen back six times, but I'm pretty sure at the end of that, John Skipper said he loves me. I can't believe you called him Skip to start. <laughs> like, that was how we started. Hey, Skip. <laughs> Did you, were you nervous at all? About, I was terrified. Like, kinda... I was texting Chris Whittingham after that. Like, oh my God, I felt alive. I haven't felt that alive before something. Like genuinely nervous beforehand, genuinely scared in it. I mean, not since like my first times talking on air have I been so scared before something. And it's funny because uh, during the South Beach session four-part interview with Skipper, uh, there was a story that he told in which George Bodenheimer was informing him that he was going to be the next president of ESPN. And he calls John Skipper and says, and, and this is John Skipper relaying the story, yeah. hey, Skip, you're going to be the next president of ESPN. And when 
<laughs> when, when I when I learned that John Skipper had been referred to as Skip before, I was like, Chris Cody, you're in. You're good to call him Skip. I don't know if maybe that's how I'd introduce myself, but I think you're all right in this area. Yeah, he, but Chris, that was his boss that called him Skip. Yeah, well, again, at the moment, Chris Cody was the most powerful person in sports media. I, I just, I love how you didn't let him... At, like press you on anything like he'd say you tell him like oh you know lots of our mutual friends say that we'd be we'd be really tight and he's like who are these mutual friends You're like that ah, don't worry about that Skip. we're good <laughs> exactly. keep don't things get, moving here don't get caught up don't get caught up but, but like i said there was a roller coaster of emotions there i felt like i had a vacation locked up with him and then towards the end i feel like i might have lost the vacation what do you think billy am i going to be vacating with uh john skipper that's how i call it that's, that's what i call vacation. <laughs> I th- you, you know what? I think you will. I think you will. I think it, the, the word they used, which was vacating, which is actually leaving, not vacationing. Uh, just, no, yeah, which it sounds like you are vacating. I think you will be vacating with Skip. Yeah. Or vacationing. I like or to vacating say, from Skip. I like to say vacating. You got to pick your spots because, you know, we can't we can't hit on all of them, all right? Because then there's the whole vision works thing. So, you know what? <laughs> right. I, think, I think you will be vacating with him. One day, Chris. You know the thing about that, though, you have to worry about is this, right? Let's say in this crazy situation, you go on vacation with John Skipper. Mm-hmm. And let's say you go to, like, St. Bart's or something, right? Love because it. I would imagine he's going to a nice place on vacation. Of course. You can't, I mean, I don't know because you're, you know, the stock god now. But you can't Stop. really afford the same vacations mm. that he can afford. No. So it's nice to be friends with him, and it's nice to have the conversations with him. But at the same time, do you really want to put yourself in that position? Like you need to be in the because you don't you don't ask for things for free, right? You want to well, maybe you do, but I would think most people wouldn't want to ask for things from powerful people for free. But you also don't want to be like ah, that's over my credit card limit. I can't afford to do that (laughs) right now. So like I had a conversation a year ago with Purple, who's like this guy that's like this nightclub like. He's the guy. That Still living the dream, you, Purple. You want to go in anywhere. He's the guy you go to. He can rent you mansions and yachts and all this stuff. And I'm like, wow, this is such a good contact to have. And he's like, yeah, reach out to me for anything, whatever. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm not going to reach out to you because I'm not going to pay $2,000 for a bottle of anything ever in my life. So, like, it's good that we're cool and whatever. But if I reach out to you, it's going to be like 10 grand to do any of these things that you do and yeah. I can't afford to do that. So Right, cuz pur- purple doesn't do tag along. Purple does you invest money in purple. Purple doesn't do tag alongs for someone like me. All right? <laughs> there's uh, a, there's a think... group of people that I okay. think yeah. experience this lifestyle for free and at a discounted rate and it's not Billy Gill and I'm aware of that. You don't want to get dinner at Komodo? I'm the guy that to get into Komodo needs to bring 15 people that doesn't look like me just to get the ratios right at Komodo. Do you think if, never, you, if, you, if, you, if you drag Dan with you to Komodo, would you be able to get in? Could I get in? Yeah. I think I, I honestly think that I could. I shouldn't say I think. I think I could get it. If I texted Purple, well, this is assuming he remembers me. I think that I could get in if I texted him. But again, it would cost me a ton of money. And it's kind of like, hmm, do I really want to do that? Also, like, do I, you know, there's a bunch of people. Well, I don't know if it's that hard to get into Komodo. It's just always where Purple seems to be. Sure, well, you can walk through the door, I'm sure. <laughs> 
Billy, do you feel like this is a relationship you need to maintain? Like, do you need to like reach out to Purple once a month? Be like, hey, how you doing? You all right? Like, like how are the kids? I know, I know he probably doesn't have children. No. But just like a like a, a very small talky conversation. She's like, yeah, I'm still alive and could potentially need something from you. I'm picking my spots because okay. I'm also aware of the fact that you know how like you have friends that like invite you places and then you say no. And every time you say no, it's like, all right, well, they're only going to invite me like two more times before they stop inviting me. <laughs> That's kind of the strategy that I have. But at the same time, we're now probably like a year removed from communicating. So I probably already waited too long. But it's one of those things where I think like you just do the occasional check in like, hey, how's it going? You know, hope everything's going all right, whatever. You know, love you, bro. You know, like Skip did with you. Just saying <laughs> yeah. I love you at the end, and then you guys are good, I think, is what happens here. I, I like the idea of you reaching out to Purple for something that you would never need to reach out to him for. Like, yo, I'm trying to go to the batting cages today. Uh, you me up. Yeah. Or like Top Golf. I'm trying to go Top Golf Thursday. Not on the weekend, like Thursday around 6 p.m. Did you get me in? You know, the last time that I spoke to him was like a couple weeks after the happened. I'm like, yo, it's out, blah, blah, blah. I tagged you, so this and that. And he's like, let me know. I'm down to do this whenever. We should do this regularly. I'm like, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> but then I was kind of like, are people going to listen to like a weekly or bi-weekly Billion Purple podcast? Like it would be, yes. be very yes, obvious very quickly that like him and I have very little in common. But that's the point. You're an odd couple. You have like, you would you talk about something, then he wouldn't have anything to say. And then he would tell these amazing anecdotes, I would imagine. Yeah. that's You just got to mine him for his gold. So when we, well, okay, if, I shouldn't say this because this might get back to purple. Everything gets back to purple. But when we did talk to him, it was at Radio Row and Super Bowl and I had to send like the NFL clearance to get him in and like had to get information to get him a day pass and all this stuff because there's a lot of security involved, right? And when he gets there, he's like, yo, I was going to bring Johnny to surprise you guys for the podcast interview. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I'm thinking like Johnny wouldn't have been able to get in because of all the security and Johnny wouldn't have been able to just walk through. Who's Johnny? Great question. Johnny Football is who he was going to bring to surprise <laughs> us with. Yeah, he was just going to show up with Johnny Manziel to Radio Row and just walk over to our little podcast set up in the back corner of Radio Row and just like, hey, surprise, guys, Johnny Football's here. And then in the middle of it, he just called him and put him on speakerphone. And he's like, yo, Johnny, where are you? He's like, oh, I'm in Utah or something. Sorry, I couldn't make it purple, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I need to befriend this purple. So yeah. that we could just get these guests on podcast. Because yeah. he's telling us, he was telling us like, oh yeah, you know, Jeff Bezos came one time and I had to get him in and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what world is this guy yeah. living in? Anyways, John Skipper. So if you want to hear a much less cracked open John Skipper, check out the previous ones Dan did with him. Uh, there's other stuff too. Check, rate, review, subscribe. Talk. Have you heard there's a Dan Levitard show podcast? I'm sure, I wonder if there's anybody listening to this podcast that has no idea there's a Dan Levitard show podcast. That can't be possible, right? <laughs> no chance. I thought you were about to say a much less crappy. You talking shit, Roy? Roy? No, I was thought a good you interview. were to say that. It was a good interview. <laughs> How good is interview. it that Roy has you more shook than John Skipper did? <laughs> That's fair. It's because I'm present for this. I was blacked out for Skipper. I have no recollection of any of it. Really? How, how did it go? Eh, you know.